You're listening to Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast, episode 99. Welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast, where you'll be inspired and empowered to do amazing things in your personal lives, career, business, and community with your host, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. And you know what I'm going to excited about my next guest. Of course, I'm going always excited. Um, so my next guest is Shireen Taylor. Shireen, welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So Shireen, why don't you tell the people them a little bit about who you are, what you do, all them good stuff. Perfect. My name is Shireen. I am a Toronto-based Afro-Caribbean writer. Um, I write mostly about Jamaica and its cultural productions, but also about the Caribbean and its cultural productions as well. I'm also the founder of Bashi Magazine, which is a quarterly digital and print publication made by and for Jamaica and its diaspora. So all the things that have been written about us from people who are not from Jamaica are all the things that have been um, said about us. Um, Bashi is really an opportunity to sort of like take back those narratives and like rewrite our own. Yes, yes, yes. May I tell you, I love it. I love it. I love it. Because ooh, how many times you see a Rolling Stone article that talk about, you know, um, Rihanna's new album and what it's going to do and everyone wants the leftovers or the tracks that she doesn't want. And it's almost like, really? Why is yeah. this big excitement over Rihanna? Um, we covered it in another podcast called Style and Vibes. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about, I know you, I know you mentioned a little bit about the motivations, but a little bit more. Did you have specific experiences that said, you know what? No, this gone from bad to worse. We need to do something because these <laughs> people, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I sort of call Bashi in a, like a really big collection or like this big gathering of all my like life experiences. Um, but sort of like what set the tone really for it is um, I was, commissioned a few years ago to write a piece and it was this list um about the top 50 dance hall records I didn't like the list no I'm not impressed with the list um and like I though the efforts were I I guess like admirable I I didn't feel like this was a a list that was encompassing of a real top 50 dance hall list. That was sort of like the nugget that like inspired the idea. At the time too, I was the editor-in-chief of my campus's publication at the University of Toronto, um, where I was doing a magazine. So um, the University of Toronto has three campuses um, spread out through uh, the greater Toronto area. So there's one in Scarborough, which is east of um, Toronto. There's one I in- I have family in Scarborough. Yes, uh, the diaspora is everywhere. <laughs> Um, one in Mississauga, which is west of um, uh, Toronto, sorry, um, and the other two campuses, they publish newspapers, but out in Scarborough, we publish magazine, and I really fell in love with, like, print and, like, the process of curating this holistic thing that sort of just stood on its own um, when the production cycle was done. Uh, at the time, too, I was doing freelance writing, so... 
I was mostly writing about, it ended up by nature of it being about Jamaica and about the Caribbean, it ended up being pop culture criticism. So I started like writing a lot about things that I saw that I was upset about in terms of music, culture, film. Um, And then I was like, why don't I like create a space for folks from Jamaica or part of the diaspora to give a little bit more nuance of the things that we are familiar with and maybe have not talked about before or maybe the things that are like really interesting about our culture that there's never been space to write for and that's sort of how Bashi was born just like really like all of the things I had been doing on the side, like, and like in this one place and all of the ways that I wanted to see media being created sort of put into this one place. You know, I just love everything that you said, because, you know, I feel like everyone is kind of having these conversations in little pockets because we all feel like, and I think I, I, I did a tweet the other day, like, it is very important that people of the culture are digitally mm. represented. Because, right. you know, and even even some of the American magazines, um, African-American magazine, they don't speak for us because it's something right. you just said. There are some nuances about right. our culture that if you are not of the culture, it's going to be very hard for you. And sometimes we feel like, no, that's not really it. So, mm-hmm. like, for instance... The com- um, there was a conversation because I know Toronto represents so X directed the video with work video and everyone yeah. was talking about Rihanna and grinding mm. and I'm like you know when Caribbean people dance we're not doing it to simulate <laughs> sex we just a dance yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and when we don't when we don't do a bubble or a wine we walk That's off and it. come out with business yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you're not of the culture you're gonna look at it as it's like we're just like dry humping Right, it's like, right. that's really not what it is. And if you if you're taking out, you know, these little things that you see out of context, then it's it, it don't make sense. Like, you know, and, and I remember another thing they were um, criticizing Rihanna and I'm, I'm using Rihanna because she's the more visible right. representation of the culture. Right. And a lot of things sometimes they criticize her for are things that we all do. And right. we're like, that's just normal Caribbean girl behavior. Yeah. And 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 the, I think a lot of people, what, what I'm finding with a lot of people and a lot of the conversations that I'm having with other media creators is that they see like blackness as this all encompassing, you know, one type of representation. Yes. I'm like, you know, in the Caribbean, there's like, there's, there's more folks than black folks. So like, there's that though, like black folks, like obviously take up a a large part of our like racial demographic, like the Caribbean is encompassing of a lot of people. So that's first. Mm -hmm. And secondly, like we also have aspirations to see ourselves being represented in the right way and seeing how we live and how we do things in our culture talked about in the right way. And I don't think it's incorrect or wrong for us to speak out against it when we see it and get those publications or those, you know, those people who are speaking on our behalf who might not know everything. Like it's not wrong for us to call them out and be like, that's not how it goes. Like no, no, so like, no, like, no, so <laughs> like, it doesn't, that's not how it, that's not how we're doing things over here. So that's sort of been my, like, I'm like really loud and annoying. <laughs> and I have other friends that are really loud and annoying who are from like Jamaica as well. So we're basically trying to, you know, t- turn that energy into something productive, whether it be a conversation or a magazine or an article or something like that. 
And what you just said, I think is really important, especially for, you know, people of the culture listening and lovers of the culture listening that the Caribbean, while the face is predominantly black people, you Mm -hmm. have to consider, again, we're going to use the word, the nuance, the Mm -hmm. nuances of the indentured servants, the Chinese, the Indians, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then of course the language. So we have French speaking Caribbean, Mm -hmm. we have Dutch speaking Caribbean, and we have Spanish speaking Caribbean and all of those things infused to make up the culture. And then we, let's talk about the, the countries that are not islands, but identify with the Caribbean. So you have yeah. Guyana, mm-hmm. Belize, um, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. Panama, right? Yeah. I go to a church where almost everybody, I walked in the church before I even knew they were from Panama. I was like, which part of Jamaica you come from? No, I'm from Panama. And they switched between the Spanish yeah. and the yeah. <laughs> And they talk, like, if you did not know otherwise, you would swear they're from the Caribbean, but yeah. they, they're, they're, from the, they're from Panama. And most of them can trace their parents back to either Barbados or Jamaica. Right, right. So like, and, and no one tends to, to pay attention to this rich heritage that makes us kind of uniquely who we are. Right, um, right. And, and a lot of that you sh- represents or reflects in the articles that they write about us. And you're just like, what is? Yeah, NASA? yeah literally. And it's, it's very frustrating, too, because the like... I, I'm, like, very, like, open when I say this. I'm, like, you know, I understand why Jamaica is, like, the go-to thing to draw on when you are trying to represent the Caribbean because, like, we are, like, the most visible, if not, like, one amongst three countries that are most visible in the Caribbean. And I'm, like, no, like, y'all really got to do your research because there is, like, so much diversity and there's so much rich history and culture within that space that, like, if you reduce it every single time down to Jamaica, like, when I go to a restaurant and I see, like, Caribbean menu and it's, like, jerk chicken and I'm, like, so a Jamaican Yes. Like, why why are you lying? Like, there's so many other elements and people and voices and narratives that exist within our space that, like, literally to, like, reduce it down to, like, just really like um, easy to grasp concepts of the Cari- of the Caribbean is not because like Jamaica and the Caribbean are not synonymous and I'm like a huge yeah. Jamaican nationalist but like they're not they're really really not synonymous mm-hmm. and and I think it's it's people are doing themselves a disservice by thinking so. It's laziness on their part because they want to go with what's going to generate views and they talk about Jamaica. So either Jamaica is awesome, you see Bob Marley, you see Beach, or then you have Jamaica. It's such a crime infested country. And then you do the disservice of kind of lumping everyone else into that. But again, you know, like looking at, you know, like the the latest foolishness, the the jerk rice. Um, the jerk. I'm like, how how your jerk rice? Like, <laughs> yeah, me not understand. Me not understand. Right, but, right. But it's these shortcuts people use to just oh, just slap jerk on it, mm-hmm. and and it'll be fine. Or if you don't slap jerk a word, you slap the red, green, mm-hmm. and ghoul on something, and yeah. it's Jamaican, right? Yeah. Um. So so in terms of as creatives in the space or people who may just not be writing or creating anything what what do you think we can be doing more of to elevate voices of not just Jamaicans but people in the Caribbean because I I think maybe part of it is that we're you know we're in the space but it's for some reason we're not as visible 
and I don't know why. Right. I always, like, one of the things, I, I should preface it by saying this, like, I'm a huge, like, huge digital person. Like, um, like even when I was, like, in school, I was, like, doing digital humanities and stuff like that. I'm very, very interested in seeing how communities that take like tangible communities how they replicate themselves or how they differ online and how they take up space and one of the things that I've been doing for the past I want to say maybe three or so years is really trying to get in the groove of like I'm not able to be in Jamaica as often as I'd like to but I can follow like these businesses or these people to sort of see what's going on and to have an idea of what's going on in the conversations that are taking place there and if you're if you are on the internet, I would highly suggest that if like folks are interested in supporting like Caribbean artists or like just see like knowing what's going on with the creative scene down there to just like do a little bit of research. Um, and it's it's wicked because once you find one person, you can just sort of peruse around and find and find other people and other organizations and other groups and stuff like that. And also like um, there are folks from the islands or from the countries within the Caribbean that are creating content as well. So like link on to them. They're like, like with anything, they'd be very difficult to find. Like, I don't know if you could go on Google and be like a blog from Jamaica and something and pop up. But like, again, once you follow one person, you can pretty much like do a little bit of digging around and see like who else is making noise in the space. And like, if they need support, if they're selling prints, if they're selling t-shirts, bags, hats, caps, whatever, um, you know, throw a little change their way if you have it yeah. or, or share or retweet or any kind of support is like, like means a lot, like from, like from anyone, from anyone who creates any kind of support means a lot. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I can attest to that. I remember, you know, a few years ago, I went on Twitter and I found this Twitter chat and I love the brand only to find out that the brand, she's from Jamaica. And then from that, it was just like, oh, I knew I now know this one and I know that one. And you're familiar with different people within this space. So we are there. It's just you just looking for us yeah. um, is once you, and like you said, once you find one, you're going to find more and that's going to proliferate. Right. Um, so let's talk about Bashi a little bit. Um, <laughs> what, what's like one of the biggest stories you are, one of the stories you've covered so far that's had the most engagement or it's like maybe one of your biggest stories since you start publishing. Um, the, like one of my favorite stories, I have like three favorite stories. The first is called Badena. So it was by a contributor um, by the name of Risa Rogers who wrote this piece uh, sort of about like the state of Jamaica um, and like how her idea of safety and security has shifted over time. Um, and she illustrated this through like like the the thought process of getting a ride to go home and what that what that experience was like for her as like a young uh, person living in Jamaica. So that was like a really good story and a really timely story too, just because right now, I believe like last sometime last year or earlier this year, I, I can't remember, but um, 
either like I know Montego Bay had gone under a state of emergency and then I believe there's one there was one in St. Catharines and while I was down there like a few weeks ago it had been extended until January so something is you know there's a reason why these things are being extended and whether or not it's working I'm to my understanding reports have been saying that they've been working but I thought it was a really timely piece because it spoke I think a lot of people have an idea of of how Jamaica used to be. Um, and I really can't speak to that because I've never lived there. But I know like my mom can and my grandma can. And it's it's sort of in conversation with how things have changed. So that that's one of my favorite pieces that we've ran. Uh, my second favorite piece is the cover story. And it's only because Protégé is just like the most down-to-earth artist person like I've ever spoken to just like very chill and and I think what tends to happen with anybody um when when you get like um when you get really good at what you do and you're able to live off of what you do off of your craft um some people's priority would and they they're not faulted for this at all is to just you know ensure that their family families are good ensure that the people around them are good and that's sort of it and that's totally okay. I think Protégé has an idea of how he'd like to see a better Jamaica in terms of its like creative, a better Jamaica overall for sure, but definitely in terms of like the creative sector, like ensuring that folks are, um, young Jamaican creatives are being fed and, and nurtured the way that they're supposed to. And I think that he's very vested in that and his collectives um, and the ideas that sp- spark out of it, like the conference that um, is happening next March and the collective that he has with um, Lila Ike and Savannah, like and New Wave Ch- Jamaica, which recently like, you know, did a branch out to Trinidad. Like, I feel like him and his team are like super invested in like nurturing the creative, um, the creative culture in Jamaica and the Caribbean. And I think that's very important. Um, just because it, it's so easy to, um, you know, just maintain maintain your status and maintain, it's very easy to just want to do things for, for the people that are around you. Yeah. And again, that's there's no fault in that. But I think it's really great that he has his mindset on sort of changing the dynamic of what a creative Jamaica could look like in the in the future and, and broadening those possibilities. So that's my second favorite story. Um, and then last, my third favorite story or is by our music editor, Shanice. So a lot of people, including myself, didn't know that there are a group of folks in Jamaica that are independent of Jamaica. So uh, they operate like not by the Jamaica's government, but they operate independently. Uh, self self governed. Um, they have sovereignty. This is like my political science knowledge that I've deep in the recesses of my mind coming up. But um, they are descendants of the Maroons. Yeah, Maroon Town. Yeah, and every January the sixth, I believe, um, go back for uh, to to do their independent celebration. And I had no knowledge of this, like, at all. But because our music editor is one of their descendants, she had, like, a collection of photos. Um, and I, I'm, from my understanding, like, there's a day when tourists are allowed in, but then there's a time that's, like, just locked off for the community. 
um, and people aren't allowed to take photos or whatever. So um, I felt like we were really privileged to have access to that space. She gave us like photos that she used. Um, we like worked alongside her like family to make sure that we were telling the narrative of this community very carefully and like handling it with care. Um, and we just wanted to ensure that we got it down right and it sounded the way it was supposed to sound. Um, and we were archiving uh, these folks in a very careful way and sharing their story in a very careful way. So that ha- that's like a, a really important story to me. And I'm so happy that Bashi was able to tell it um, and to inform folks that that is a community there that exists and it's living and breathing and also share some of the um, the problems that they had run into uh, at the time or even longstanding problems that they were sort of trying to navigate. Um, so yeah, those are like my, my, my most favorite stories. Those are great stories. Um, I am from Montego Bay, Jamaica, born and raised, and I come from one of the hotbed communities. So like Maroon Town is like very, you know, we're well aware of it because it's like deeper in St. James. Right. And even from the crime perspective, you know, I remember before I moved here, I just did an episode of like my 25th anniversary of moving from Jamaica here. And I remember crime for me was a machete or somebody had an ice pick. Yeah. And and that was crime. You know, yeah. it was just like and fighting and 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 I even even in the very community that I'm from, um I'm from Flanka, so I, everybody talk about that. So growing up, that was the level of crime. Now mm-hmm. that community is a completely different place. Places where my family lived that I could normally walk and could go. I can't walk around certain corners. It's just like I don't know what this place is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, from that perspective, it's almost like what happened? What was the change? And people were like, oh, the scammers. But I think change was happening before that. Mm-hmm. You know, change was changed happen for a lot of socioeconomical reasons. Right. So everyone talks about the Caribbean brain drain. There was a brain drain from Montego Bay mm-hmm. because my classmates who I went to high school with they they went to they went to college in Kinston because they recently just a couple years ago opened a western campus of UWE right and and if Montego Bay is the second city of this island why did it take so many years to establish a second campus Mm -hmm. so you had a brain drain whether people like me leaving the island altogether or people Mm -hmm. moving to Kinston never moving back to Montego Bay so all you have is a really a small sector of jobs that Mm -hmm. learned people can have. Right. And then, you know, you need people who've gone to college to kind of build industry and build the infrastructure and and it's there, but it's that, those are some of the issues. Montego Bay was still considered country. So when I came here, they said, where are you from? I said, Mobi, they say, I come from country. And that (laughs) in essence had been a problem because if you weren't from Kingston, everywhere Mm -hmm. else was kind of, afterthought mm-hmm. and development and so just, just a whole bunch of stuff I, I I could go into the whole Moby because I love Moby and right. I felt like you know man I love it I love flankers I come from that's that's where my grandmother when mm-hmm. she got independent of you know of my grandfather she this is the piece of land she gets and she right. build you know so I can't say oh I can't deal with it but it's yeah. it's it's part of a bigger problem and it's if you're yeah. trying to stop the scammers, then that's, that's just, that is just a symptom of the problem. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not the problem. And, yep. exactly. I, you know, it's a whole different thing. And 
part of my gripe was, and me go stop because then it go become political. Like, <laughs> I think action happened once there was a shootout right in front of the Montego Bay sign. And I'm like, that shouldn't have been the catalyst to do all of this. Yeah. This should have been happening long before that, mm-hmm. you know, because it's right in front of the tourists, them coming out yeah. the airport. So hey, it was just hey. like, wait no, a no, minute. No. <laughs> yeah. Tourist money. Yeah. No, wait. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you talked about these articles and I'll definitely, um, are they only in the magazine or if I link to Bashi's website, people can read a synopsis of it. Or... Everything is right there. So um, only select articles get, get transferred into our print but everything that does appear in our print is online uh as well awesome awesome so um before we wrap up is there anything else you would like to share with the audience about you know the future and what we should be thinking any trends anything you want to share yeah i i would like to say that if people are really invested and really wanting to engage with like authentic jamaican things then engage with authentic Jamaican things. You don't need a middleman for it. Like it's really just a matter of doing of doing research. When I see people wanting to get a, a specific fabric or a specific pillow for their new house design or for their new interior decorating, they do the research, they click around, they go and see whatever it is that they need to see in order to, you know, get that perfect chartreuse color. I don't know. <laughs> um, and and I feel like that same effort needs to go into ensuring that if you really want to support Caribbean creatives to support Caribbean creatives and do the research of who's doing what and, and connect to who you need to connect to and really amplify those voices and those platforms and, you know, spread the wealth. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Shireen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And um, as I love to say at the end of every show, walk good. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. For a recap of this episode and other great articles, please visit the blog at www.carryonfriends.com. That's C-A-R-R-Y-O-N-F-R-I-E-N-D-S dot com. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends.